Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And hello, everyone. Welcome again to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. We come to you every week. We are a tech company that helps uh, churches, ministries with streaming video, mobile apps, and other tech-related things. We talk about a lot of things. If this is your first time listening to our podcast, we're sorry. No, actually, if it's your first time here, what we do is we help churches. And sometimes that isn't even involving tech. Steve and I and other people on our team here have been involved in ministry for many moons. And so we do have a lot of experience and we just love helping churches. And so uh, the information we bring you in this podcast, hopefully will be very useful in some capacity. So with that in mind, we have a guest today. Steve, what's the name of our guest? <laughs> we have Andrew Statsney. Andrew Statsney. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. All right. So Andrew is actually talking to us from a courtyard, uh, Marriott Courtyard, right? In uh, what, what city are you in? I'm in San Diego, California. Ah, nice place to be. So hopefully we'll have okay with our network connections here. But uh, I met Andrew, I don't know, nine, ten years ago when I was on staff at a live church. And he, we brought him in because we were doing a, another campus. And uh, Andrew at that time was with Life Church. Uh, and you were involved with Life Church for a long time, like uh, like almost what eight or nine years. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet it was. Uh, there are great people there, and then you were also involved with a church uh, called Bayside, I think it is, right? Bay, Bayside Church in California, Southern California. Yeah, yeah. And for several years, and now you're with a company called CDF Capital, and uh, this interests me, and it should interest our our listeners and our viewers today because. Uh, you guys do several things that help churches. Uh, just tell us real briefly what CDF sure. Capital is and what you guys do. Sure, sure. So CDF Capital actually is a church fund that's uh, 68 years old or so. And uh, it started uh, really with the purpose of providing funding for churches to be able to build capital projects, do capital projects. And uh, probably five years or so ago, uh, we got a, a new president, uh, Dusty Rubeck, great guy, comes out of the ministry world. And basically, we started asking questions like, uh, it, could we help churches more if we uh, knew they had a healthy leadership team and a good strategy? Mm -hmm. And so there's a, there's a team of us. I work with a guy named Sean Morgan. There's a team of us that that's what we do for churches. We do the kind of the leadership side and the strategy side. And then we have another arm that does the financial side that loans money to churches that are maybe going to do a new campus or a new add-on or actually building for the very first time. Right. I assume you feed back and forth across those different sides, right? So if the guys are wanting to make a loan and you've interviewed the leadership and you're talking back and forth, I assume. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got a really good relationship um, inside uh, CDF um, so that there's a smooth handoff back and forth. There are times that uh, it's not right for uh, a loan to happen, but maybe they need some coaching and they need some strategy pieces. And then there's other times where it's like they've got the plan and they're nailed down and they need the services side of things. So we try to hand that off with smooth uh, smoothness. And um, yeah, absolutely. So you guys really help churches in some way, in, in some capacity, helping them with, with their spiritual health and their growth. 
Yeah, our, our mission statement is to help churches grow. And that, you know, obviously there are times when a church needs to, to build, to grow. They've got momentum. They're headed in the right direction. They need to take advantage of opportunities that are in front of them. And they need the help to do that, the support to do it. And then there's times where, you know, we all kind of don't know what we don't know. So a lot of times a growing church hasn't been, if, they're, if their trajectory is kind of up and to the right, they haven't been there before. Mm-hmm. And so helping them understand what kind of um, scaffolding structure goes underneath that growth pattern so they can continue to be healthy is is real important. You know, and most leaders that... Um, that are pastoring growing churches are not afraid to ask for help and to go, what else don't I know that I need to know? And so we're there to kind of, to help guide them in that. So one of the things I've seen over the last few years, especially is some churches are going through these things called mergers. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. And I know you work with churches that are doing mergers and acquisitions. Tell us a little more about that, how that works. Yeah, well, one thing one thing you may not know is uh, years ago, I planted a church and was the senior pastor. And a few years in, uh, we were growing and moving in the right direction. And we kind of looked around as a leadership team and said, there's got to be somebody out there that knows how to, to do this and keep their foot down on the accelerator. And we began to look, and that's when we came across Life Church back in 2005 or 2006. Right. And we actually transitioned that church to be a campus of Life Church. So I've been on both sides of the acquisition process of the merger process of saying, hey, here is our church. We're going to give it to you because we believe that you can shepherd and steward these resources in, in a greater way than, than even we can. And so it's kind of a, a kingdom play, if you will, or a kingdom move. Um, since that time, I actually, for eight years at Life Church or seven years at Life Church, was over the, the, the strategy of how we merged with existing churches and then now have taken that with CDF and worked with a whole bunch of churches to help them through that process. Not just the financial side and going, hey, does this work financially? But it's all the intangible things with leadership and structure of governance and um you know your theology and all of those you know really philosophy of ministry do these match up are they going to be successful or not and so we've devised a way to kind of measure eight basic elements that are involved with every merger and kind of red light yellow light green light those to say here's the things that are green lighted here's the things you need to pay attention to here's the things you gotta see change before you move forward so that's got to be a big challenge. You know, you're pastoring your own church and you're saying, oh, we've got this other church that, you know, I want to kind of get their systems um, from them. And, and so there's a delicate balance, right, of, of who's going to be in charge and are we going to run with their way of doing it? Or are we going to, you know, they don't know our church and our people, you know, all those just a ton of different issues. Do we merge finances? Do we a ton of questions there, right? So what what was the thing that that made you consider as a pastor moving in this direction to merge with another organization? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Steve. Um, Maxwell uses the definition of sacrifice. Uh, uh, giving up something love to give love and more. 
And Re when we repeat that one more time, uh, because Maxwell, you're cutting out there. Maxwell uses the definition of sacrifice as giving up something you love to gain something you love even more. And so what we knew we loved was life change and a lot of life change. And we saw uh, when we began to connect with Life Church originally, we just saw so much of that taking place every week that we went, you know what? Um, we think that but that is better than holding on to ownership. And so, um, you know, I was campus pastor there for two years. Uh, it's a, a campus in the Nashville area. And every single week for two years as the campus pastor, we saw people commit their lives to become followers of Christ. And to me, it was like, that's, it was a no brainer on the other side of it. It's very scary on the, the front side, but once we passed through that and said, we're going to do this. Um, and, and let's face it. I mean, you know, knowing life church and their track record now, people would go, Oh, that was easy to do. But you know, back then it, it wasn't, I mean, they were stretching to do it and, and we were going, let's find out what this looks like as we go. So we learned a lot on the journey, but, um, yeah, hopefully that answers yeah, your question. Yeah, that's, that's a really, and that's kind of a unique acquisition or merger, right? Because you retained your own facility and you had your own staff, right? And you just kind of became a, a campus of Life Church, right? So that's not, is that typical or is it tip, more typical to see churches that, you know, uh, we've got, you know, we're two struggling churches and we're right down the street from each other. And, you know, maybe if we combine forces, is that, you know, w what does these merger acquisitions look like typically? Sure. Well, two things. One, we didn't keep all our staff. There were some that just didn't align with the where we were headed and where Life Church was headed. Um, then also, like uh, we we felt like we were pretty maxed out in our facility. And hey, we become part of Life Church. We're going to get this big new facility, and and uh, we were in this little storefront. And I think we probably grew three or four hundred percent in that storefront. Um, and Life Church came in and said, ah, we think that you could actually leverage more space and do it more effectively. And of course, systems and process, that, that was a lot of it as well. Um, typically, there's two kinds of, of mergers. One is when there's two organizations going in the same direction. They're, they're positive. They're growing both. And that's definitely uh, a unique challenge all to itself because then it's like, well, who's right and who has the best, you know, philosophy? And sometimes, right. sometimes one on one doesn't always equal two. It can be a negative thing. And then there's times when a church is just dying and completely ready to hand over their facility and go, we don't know what we're doing anymore. We have 30 people left. We have this paid off facility. And, um, you know, like I just finished a merger in uh, Northern California in Santa Rosa, California, where there's a church that, um, really was a great facility, probably is 25,000 plus square feet with room to expand. And they were down to, you know, well under 100 people. And a church that was five years old, that was portable, running 500 people came in and it became that church. And the thing is just taken off. It's, it was a great kingdom win on how to kind of reallocate those kingdom assets to the best possible use. So do you get involved with, you know, those kind of mergers where, I mean, there's, there's obviously a bunch of potential conflict, right? Between 
the leadership of the, the two churches and how things are going to work. Um, what are some typical conflicts that, that arise and how do you get around them? Yeah. You know, well, who's going to be the senior pastor? Well, I mean, that's, that's the first question, right? Yeah. And that's usually the easiest one to solve because it's usually the one that is, you know, the most visible, the one that's growing, the one that um, kind of has the track record of, of success, if you will, for lack of a better term. Um, but really, it's it's the small cultural things that have to be uh, pastored through. Again, we're pastors at, at our heart, so we want to we don't want to see people just jettisoned by the wayside. Like, hey, you're not going to make it during this transition, so we don't want to pay attention to you or care about you. Um, but it's those small cultural nuances of people going, this isn't going to be like it was. It's going to change, but somebody standing beside them and going, you're right but it's going to be okay. And on the other side of this, we believe we're going to be a, more effective for the kingdom as, as we go through this together. So it's sometimes we don't need a, a ton of, of how to's. We, we just need somebody saying it's going to be all right, <laughs> you know, um, because there's nothing, I mean, leadership is uh, most of what we do. And so, um, you know, leaders that can lead through with vision and with clarity and with compassion, will be successful in a merger situation. Right. So, do churches typically? I assume they they become it's kind of like a marriage, right? Where there's, you know, we used to have separate bank accounts and separate finances and had our own separate ways, and now we're married as one church. Do they? Is that? Is am I right there, or are there? Do they? Do you combine finances and? You know, say, oh, our treasurer is now going to be this guy. Why does that all work? So it, it can, it may seem like to some like they're arranged marriages, <laughs> you know, to, to parishioners like, oh, this is what's going to happen. And you've already, you've already made the decisions. Okay. We're just, we're going to have to do this. Um, there are some of those things that need to take place uh, in every situation. Um, I always recommend both entities having their own legal counsel to both wrap up the, the one organization completely and, and take care of any liabilities that are out there. So there's nothing that comes back and, and you find out, Oh, we, we owed $20,000 to, you know, this organization and we've never paid it. So now we're liable. Well, they go through and they do an exhaustive search uh, for those. And, and really they need representation on each side until it's one group. And I would never, ever recommend a church trying to do it on their own legally, uh, simply because if you do it wrong, most states, uh, the corporation, the organization is going to go back to the state as opposed to, you know, handing them over to another church and letting them take those assets and, and run with them. Um, so you got to do it right. Uh, definitely. I remember uh, uh, you were mentioning Life Church and what you were doing back in what 2005 i remember I, i'd started a church in kansas and uh we were growing and doing really well and it was about that time frame and i remember talking to life church because i was looking we were growing but i was looking for additional help i was looking for like you were saying earlier in the podcast you know we're going to an area i've never been in before and i remember talking to bobby i think from life church uh who i always kind of felt later he's the number two guy there but uh and Bobby and I talked a lot about even 
my church in Kansas being a part of a life church. But at that point, they had already expanded and they, they were taking on a lot of those kind of campuses and they, they just wanted to hold off for a while. And uh, so we never became a life church. At least that's the story he told me. Maybe <laughs> after he saw me, he goes, I don't want to deal with this guy at all. But uh, but let me ask you this. Uh, so if what do you do? Okay, I understand you got one church. We're talking about merger here. So we got one church that's doing really well and the other one that's maybe floundering. What if two churches come together and, and they're both floundering? They're both not doing very well. I mean, uh, that... That could just be, like you were saying earlier, a recipe for increased disaster, right? <laughs> it sure can. It can multiply it and become even faster, um, the, the decline. At that point, um, you know, I'm, uh, we're in this to help churches grow. So my recommendation sometimes is this is not a positive thing. And here are the reasons why. And sometimes people don't heed that advice. And other times people go, you know what? We've got to get some stuff in our own house in order so that we're healthy and growing um, so that we can expand and we can grow and just going, Hey, we need a better facility or, you know, we'll bring on an extra 30, 40 people into our 80 or 90 people. We'll have over a hundred and you know, that it rarely, rarely, rarely ever works that way. Um, and it's it has more to do with the, the entrepreneurial or lack of an entrepreneurial heart and spirit of those leaders to to really kick past some growth barriers that, that you know usually it's because there are you know any pastor that's grown a church or really grown an organization a, a business leader that may be out there there are sacrifices there are things that you change there are relationships that are strained as you continue to expand and grow one of the beauties of life church is so rapidly for the years make really difficult changes along the way that people just go oh you know a bobby grunwald and a craig groeschel and jerry hurley and uh sam roberts those guys just they they've got it easy you know um but those guys have sacrificed more than than most of us will ever know because they realize that they can't stay the same they can't lead the same they can't have the same strategy it constantly has to be changing flattening out the organization, building it back up again, um, making sure that the next phase of growth is ready to be um, not only held onto, but but expanded as, you know, before they even do it. So I, I learned a, so much. It felt like in the time I was at Life Church that um, I, I got a doctorate in leadership because they're just such great leaders at, well, really throughout that organization, but it's, I believe the, the the three guys that work with Craig are the genius behind behind Life Church. Um, they're the ones that, you know, they take the hits during the week and never are seen and um, in public anyway. Like not not like Craig is out in front of people. And you know, it's a leadership is not an easy thing by any by any stretch. And two organizations that have not had success leading coming together doesn't mean they're going to now have success uh, with it. You you have to be willing to make hard changes before you merge. Um, it's not going to get easier. So, so you, you mentioned it's, you know, people refer to it as an arranged marriage um, sometimes. What um, are there resources out there? Let's say, I mean, there's a couple of, there, there's good, there's a good formula to bring churches together, right? And I may be 
leading a, you know, a growing church and is doing really well, and I may have a heart to help out other ministries. Is there a resource out there to, to figure out, you know, hey, is there, is there a good match for me sure. that's maybe a struggling church or vice versa? If I'm a struggling church and I'm willing to, you know, grab on to somebody that's really growing, is there a, a place to go to see that, you know, maybe there is some hope in a, in a merger? Um, well, what, there, there certainly is not a seminary degree in, um, you know, merger acquisition leadership uh, out there. So if there were... You know, it just it. I mean, it has happened over the years, but it's not something that it has been prevalent in the last probably ten years or so. And really, I've seen in the last three to four years, churches are figuring it out because they're figuring out multi-site. So in the past, before multi-site existed, there was less of an opportunity for those kind of both churches to work together in an, in a one church format. Um, so literally, they were going, all right, well, let's do that. We'll liquidate the assets from this site and we'll pour them into the one site because they, no one knew anything different. Mm-hmm. Now it's people are understanding, wait a second, we could actually leverage this for multi-site and for growth. And well, of course, I mean, the the streaming church guys that you are, you, there's a lot of churches out there that have already begun to think they may be one physical location, mm-hmm. but they're already kind of thinking in this area of, of Online is a separate location. That's how we kind of treat it and pastor it and nurture it and cast vision for it. And so they've already kind of readied themselves without realizing that they actually could be a good candidate for a merger. There's you ask for resources. One, um, Jim Tomberlin is a friend of mine and a great author out there, great leadership guy. He wrote the book Better Together. Uh, somebody yeah, told we've me had, we've we had interviewed him, him right yeah. Yeah. a long time we, ago yeah. yeah somebody told me i was quoted in his book i don't i don't know if that's true uh maybe it's an anonymous quote of <laughs> there but um he's he's a great guy I, I would i would actually recommend if a leader is thinking about it read that it's going to help you get started for sure and allow you to think and ask the right questions that's that's the biggest thing um and then second if it's something that it's a real possibility Go find somebody, find someone like me, find somebody else that can uh, come alongside you and go, all right, we're going to we're going to help uh, ask the right questions for you. We're going to explore, maybe do some of the things that are really difficult for you to do. But for us, we do them every day. And, um, you know, I, I think it's so much if you're about to take on hundreds of thousands of dollars in assets or even millions of dollars in assets, we've done mergers where it's been nine ten million dollars of net gain for an organization um it's well worth spending a little money on the front end uh, well worth it a little money on the front end to make that um really just as smooth as possible it's it's not going to be an easy journey it might be a little rough but understanding when the bumps come what to do yeah so what about i'm just throwing out we're running low on time here i think i'm getting the signal from phil here um the we, we've talked to, to to other people that work with a bunch of churches and they'll say, you know, there's an aging church There's a church that that's kind of lost some of the, the youth side of it. You know, the church is doing good, but it's 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 kind of lost some of the younger side. And then there's some younger churches that are doing OK as well, but they lack some of the wisdom that, you know, the that a more senior older is, does that make a good marriage or is there, are there things that, um, you know, kind of like you putting people together here, you can say, well, you want the introvert marrying the extrovert. 
Well, every church has a life cycle. Every church is a is an organism. It's an organization, and it it has a life cycle. And there are times that, um, you know, you don't you're not pouring into it. So at some point, it's going to die out. I mean, just very bluntly, people will get older. They will they will eventually die or move on. Every church has a natural attrition rate that happens every year anyway. So it could be um, people move away. People um, start uh, having a job on Sunday. They can't come. They die. Um, they stop going to church altogether. Something significant happened or whatever. But, you know, so you've got to really kind of keep up on what's happening all the time. I would just simply say this. There is... There's nothing more exciting to the older generation that might be holding on to a dream or holding on to a facility or, you know, what they feel has been their church home and their spiritual home. There's nothing more exciting than seeing life change and seeing young people walk through the door and give yes. it to Christ and families that will be changed forever and their trajectory eternally will be forever changed. And there's nothing more that you can possibly get excited about and get behind than than that and so being able to say yes some of those traditions probably will end up going by the wayside um, but we're going to be true to god's word and we're going to be true to the life-changing power of christ and and we're headed and moving forward so i think if you show that and, and they see that i you know i i've watched the older generation simply um you know singing different songs and <laughs> hearing a different minister and being so excited about what God's doing in their church because it's been years since they've seen a baptism or seen a commitment to Christ or anything like that. And so, yeah, there, it, that's when it's a, that's when you walk it through and you pastor it with kick gloves and with, you know, you pray God's presence is there and that people understand and you, you love people through it. It's a difficult process. You know, I think we're out of time here, of course, but I think, uh, you know, when we talk about mergers and stuff, I, for maybe some of our viewers and listeners is like, what? Ugh, I've never thought about that before. I'm not sure I want to do that. That sounds, you know, but I think, you know, the times there are changing. And I think sometimes to use the overused cliche, think outside the box, uh, I think sometimes you need to think a little differently. And uh, uh, if your church maybe needs some help or maybe you're on the wrong side of growth, uh, it's possible that a merger could could possibly uh, bring life in, into the people that you pastor right now. So it does involve change and involves stepping out out of, out of your comfort zone. So anyhow, look, we're out of time. Uh, Andrew Statsny has been our guest here. Now, Andrew, you guys do a lot of things. We're talking about the merger thing here. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? Um, well, uh, the easiest way is through email, um, you know, as far as that goes. And we'll, we'll give that information out here in PostScript or uh, PostEdit. Um, or, and give me a call. I'd be happy to at any time have a 10, 15-minute call with someone. Um, okay. that, that's free. It doesn't cost a thing to go, hey, um, we're walking through something. I've got a question for you. Um, what do you recommend? I have those conversations probably four or five times a day, and and I you know I love hearing people's stories anyway. So yeah, call, email, um, text message, uh, that kind of thing. Be happy to uh, connect with you. Okay, good. And and again, people can if they just want to get to us, we can relay the messages to you. Uh, you can just send us an email support 
at streamingchurch.tv. And, so that's, and that's you, what you want to send me a direct message, my Instagram is D-R-E-W-S-T-A-T-S, Drew Stats. Okay. Uh, Instagram, and I answer all those. Oh, it might be the easiest way to get in touch with me. All right, you kind of broke up there, but we'll 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 fix all that. Okay, good. Hey, look, we're out of time. I, I'm sorry about that. We need to have you back on again. Uh, you're with CDF Capital, and we've known Andrew for years. Uh, we can vouch for him. He's a great guy, and as he just was saying here, uh, he's open to having some conversation with you. He's not going to sell you something, but he'll try to help you uh, if you have questions and anything he can do to uh, or his organization can do to help your ministry. So, Andrew, thank you so much for being with us today for a little while. Thanks, guys. All right, good. We will have you on again, no doubt about that. And uh, we're out of time. So uh, for Steve Lacey, the guy there on the other side, and Andrew, I'm Phil Thompson. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. We will catch you again next time.